everybody, Kip here. Just want to let you know this is not the uh, regularly scheduled book club podcast. We're going to look at Changer on uh, 20th, 24. Instead, that'll happen in two weeks' time. Basically, just uh, if you're not aware, uh, right now in America, there are a lot of people without proper power, and just uh, it's really messed up our like ability to uh, record, and it was also the holiday season, so it just did not make sense to uh, try and record when things are so hectic. So instead, I took um, our Christmas bonus episode. It's kind of not really Christmas themed, surprisingly, but uh, Ginger Dead Man with uh, me and Brett freaking guests. And it kind of continues um, our look at uh, weird horror movies, practical effects. Um, but yeah, so in two weeks time, uh, we will come back to talk about Ginger on 2024 like we were supposed to do today. But uh, for now, just enjoy this uh, strange movie um, that we have a lot to say about and wonder certain things like how did Gary Busey get famous? No matter who you are, where you are, or what you celebrate, it's only one thing I have to say this holiday season. Hen Shin. Dreidel, dreidel, dreidel. I made you out of Hello, you're listening to Common Ride with me. I'm your host, Kip, and with me is Brett. Hey, Brett, what's up? Hey, I just finished watching the movie this morning, um, and boy, are we in for a treat. Ooh. And of course, you are referring to Ginger Dead Man, our holiday bonus episode this month. <laughs> uh, I guess like it has been like monthly for a minute, like going from... um killer clowns to thanksgiving to now but uh this is has enough practical effects we can call it toku but um how are you doing brett i am doing great i am i think we talked about moving to portugal a few episodes ago i have my visa appointment next week so i'm uh, really crossing my fingers and hoping i get it yeah that would be great because like it's just uh it's hard to be like between places there's so many small things that like you need to like make choices on, like based on where you're living that just like can like pile up too. I know. Yeah, absolutely. Here's hoping though. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I mean, we're going regardless. It's just, you know, how long we can stay. <laughs> yeah. Are you doing like a lot of like family stuff or like vague? Let's enjoy the non-religious like Christmas time stuff or no. Oh, we're a very Christmas oriented family. Um, even even those even the people in the family who aren't uh, actually Christian love Christmas. Um, and I since I'm you know, since I'm going, I want to see as many people as possible. So I'm actually doing a bunch of holiday stuff, including hosting a holiday party. But here's the thing. We already have too much stuff. We're moving to another country, I hope, and need to get rid of some of it. So when everyone shows up to the holiday party, they're going to realize it's also a white elephant gift exchange. Only all the white elephant stuff is ours. Here's this crock pot that like is like kind of burnt. It kind of stinks a little bit. You want it? No, no, it's it's good stuff. That's just like weird. Like uh, 
I have a book about a divorced woman who um, starts working at a bakery called Bread Alone. It's like, <laughs> it's like one of those books from like a very specific period of time where she's like, I was a trophy wife to my husband and I loved playing tennis until I didn't. Okay. I will say that like, when I hear it's called Bread Alone, like I think like a different kind of book. I'm like, okay, what's this about? But okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I got it at a library book sale because I was like, bread alone? What the hell is that about? Um, and I really enjoyed it, but I know I'm never going to read it again. So, um, and it goes. Also, um, five pounds of boba, boba pearls. Oh, that's a lot of how. How'd that happen? <laughs> well, I was at the grocery store and a few of the grocery stores around where I live are Asian grocery stores. Um, and I was going through the aisles and I saw it and I was like, you know, what would be cool is if I had a party where we, um, you know, we just made boba tea. That'd be really fun. That's a good idea for a party. But then I never did it. So um, white elephant gift exchange, it goes. No, um, we saw um, some post holiday people getting rid of some stuff like after Thanksgiving, like there's a lot of like box stuffing that kind of stuff and there was like just like food that was like very clearly like half made or like half started that like they couldn't give away that like just got like thrown out like at a at a uh, dumpster near us but also the day of thanksgiving there's just a whole raw turkey thrown out in front of the dumpster which to me tells a story that implies something you know yeah i mean what happened yeah you know, was uh, did someone have a giant breakup with their living boyfriend on the morning of Thanksgiving? You know, somebody was crying in their Subaru about like what was happening to their life when they <laughs> threw that raw turkey just to the dumpster and it landed five feet away. <laughs> you know, I really think you would like bread alone. <laughs> okay. I, I really genuinely think you would enjoy it because it's a lot of those moments, but like in a bakery. Oh, really? <laughs> Okay. Yeah, or like uh, there's one memorable uh, part where um, she moves from Los Angeles to Seattle because her husband locks her out of her house. And um, she rents a place that only has a wood-burning stove. And she just has like a panic attack about how she has to figure out how to light a fire <laughs> in a wood-burning stove. That, that makes me think of like all those like scenes in like movies where like people like come into like a room and they're like oh my god what happened here and there's like all this like environmental like storytelling like oh there's nail polish and like bird marks everywhere yeah like sherlock holmes level stuff you're like hmm <laughs> what happened here um the first time we recorded the podcast like i think i told you the story but um one of my favorite versions of this is like one time i was like walking down the street and i um found just a condom full of rocks and i was like man <laughs> what a great story behind this Wow, there's so many possibilities, right? Like, we have so many ideas about what even dinosaurs are based off of like just like having the wrong bones. Could you imagine like being like an archaeologist and finding this kind of stuff? Like a whole fossilized <laughs> turkey and a carnival of rocks. What happened? That must be fun. I love reading stuff where archaeologists figure out what old graffiti said, mm. and then you read it and you're like. What? Like, uh, there was one, I cannot remember what, so what society it was from, but it was like, a dog walks into a bar, and then he says, I'll go again, or something like that. 
and I guess uh, whoever wrote the paper about it was like, this was presumably a joke that made content that made sense in the context of this society. <laughs> that sounds like those um like Twitter accounts like kids write jokes and that kind of stuff. Where it's just like, oh yeah, oh <laughs> uh, no, that's great. Um, I also love when archaeologists or like scholars like find some gay shit and then they're like, oh, they were t- totally friends, like sleeping inside of each other in Pompeii or whatever. Just, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, this man, uh, this man was going down on this other man when the mountain, or when the volcano erupted, they were probably just really good friends. Yes. He was probably <laughs> helping him to sew his pants or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I'm sure maybe people back then licked each other to get each other clean like cats. <laughs> Uh, very straight <laughs> they were getting ready for the jellical ball when this volcano went off yeah well the jellical moon was shining so bright can you blame them yeah no it just makes everyone super heterosexually lick their friends you know <laughs> who knows i guess you could like heteros- you can like lick your friends heterosexually but like also like not non-sexually What's non-sexual licking? Is it like, oh my god, there's a whole bunch of paint on you? I have to get it off. Like, what's a non-sexual like reason to lick your friends? Um, you have no arms, and okay. they got a little bit of ketchup on their face. Okay. And they also have no arms. <laughs> You're in a three-legged race, and you have to let them know without stopping running that they're gaining on you. I don't know. I can't think of anything. That made no sense, huh? (laughs) Yeah, not a lot of good reasons to do it. There's lots of mud and oils on them. We need to get it off without bruising their peach-like skin. (laughs) That's very, very heterosexual. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Just telling my bros they have peach-like delicate skin in a heterosexual manner. Oh, bro, man, your stick he's like person like a peach when I use the non-sexual punishment stick. Man, bro. <laughs> I will say, though, I think the compliments my boyfriend gives his male friends uh, are probably the nicest compliments I've ever heard him give anyone, including me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I had that happen recently where I, like, gave my partner, like, a compliment. And they said, oh, that was the nicest thing that, like, anyone's ever said to me. And then, like, without thinking, I just said, I know. (laughs) I felt like a real asshole there. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. uh, (laughs) Not sure how we got there. Speaking of a non-sexual punishment, let's talk about Ginger Dead Man, our movie of the day. Yeah. Um, so this movie is unusual in that it is a real B movie um, that looks very much like a B movie and is acted like a B movie by pretty much all the characters. Um, you know, there's a few people with unconvincing Southern accents who mumble a lot, but um, Gary Busey is the main villain. Yeah. Serious star power here. When and how did Gary Busey become famous? I was thinking about this. like. Is he like a Halle Berry where like one day he was just famous and nobody really knows why? 
Wait, Halle Berry wasn't like famous for anything in particular? No, like I mean like back in the 2000s like Halle Berry was like someone who people knew and like was famous, but then like it was years later where she actually was in movies like where she got famous, you know. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Was she like famous for being in music videos or something? Maybe like it was before like Swordfish or X-Men or like whatever movie she was known for. And then it was like, oh, she's famous. And now she's doing stuff to be famous. It's a weird phenomenon. Like, how is Gary Busey famous is my question, though. That is a good question. I think um, maybe I'm convincing him or I might be confusing him with Ron Perlman. But I think he was like a leading uh, leading man type and then maybe got in and then got in a car accident where he became like a handsome guy with an asymmetrical face instead. So then had to start doing villain roles. So kind of kind of like Mickey Rourke a little bit, but like has to be like a villain. OK, um, I'm seeing lethal weapon point break under siege but those feel like post that moment like roles so i'm not sure but hmm wonder yeah i don't know this seems like he must have made it during um a part a time in his career when he couldn't get other roles because he i mean has been in like so many really famous movies um this movie by the way is great um i think like like uh it's like a bottle episode actually more than yeah yeah right this has like real like tales from the crypt vibe too i still gotta watch that oh darn this feels like a 90s tv show episode like especially like only being like 90 minutes or like 75 minutes it's like a super like tv movie or like one part episode vibes and what's the weirdest though has to be this isn't a christmas movie at all oh my god yeah there's no it's never Christmas at any point. Not even like after the credits end. There's no post credit cozy Christmas scene. Yeah. And like they're in like Texas and it's like never snowing. It's like also half of the like scenes where it's like nighttime or like it's also clearly day. Yeah. But it's never Christmas. They're just making a gingerbread man for some reason. Unless they like say it a super one off thing. But there's nothing Christmas like theme anywhere either. Um, I mean, I can't remember them saying if like the time of the year or anything, but I remember at the beginning of the movie, they were like, oh, no, like our ingredients haven't been coming in. We really need to make gingerbread. So it must be December. Maybe. Or people just want gingerbread cookies, I guess. Like her making a gingerbread man is the only thing that makes it Christmas. I like the bizarre logical leaps like she makes a giant gingerbread man and then he disappears and then one of the characters is like oh we have to we have to get him because a giant gingerbread man can make us so much money and it's like how how much really (laughs) come on now they had heard him talk and move so far maybe oh should we start with like the the summary I was gonna say yeah this movie starts with Gary Busey just shooting a woman in the head as he robs a diner. Um, and I'm always wondering when this happens, what's your, is this worth it? And what's your plan? Cause I feel like robbing a diner, how many hundreds of dollars are you making? Yeah. You know, he looked like he was just taking coins out of a jukebox and then it looked like after he finishes killing everyone, which we'll get more into, he doesn't even bring any of the money with him when he leaves. Yeah. This opening is so bizarre because, like, 
like there are a bunch of people just like not being harmed. Then this old man's like, this ain't right. Pulls out his switch weight. Says, now look, you bastard, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then gets shot because he's slowly waddling towards the Gary Busey of the gun. <laughs> yeah, not the brightest bulb in the shed. Yeah, it was just such a weird little... You were seemed fine, I think. Um, this dad here has a ton of voice credits, like Shrek and that kind of stuff. Just like a lot of like 90s and 2000s, like animated movie like credits. Um, I did not realize. Yeah, there's a lot of weird people in this movie, actually. Like when you looked them up, like I like checked like a couple and then kept checking. because I was like, what's going on here? But um, <laughs> then Carrie Busey just gets that. Uh, he has that scent and says, mm, I smell something feminine. Here, kitty, mm-hmm. kitty. He's sniffing it out. And uh, then... The brother slash son comes out. Yes. What were you saying, Brett? Oh, yeah. No, I was just going to... I was going to say exactly that. He comes out and he's like... Um, I think he, he, he literally brings a knife to a gunfight. He, like, tries to get Gary Busey to, like, stop pointing his gun at them. And then, like, they try it four or five different times. Like, it's like a random audition he's like okay this time make me believe it this time don't be your dad <laughs> that was so good he's like you sound like my high school principal tell me to put down the gun like you mean it <laughs> and then gary does his name is actually millard findlemayer here but i'm gonna call him gary because that makes more sense to me yeah uh, but like when the brother goes for the gun he gets stabbed by gary who is waiting and then like he's dying at this point i'm like he really seemed like if you just sat down, he was just going to leave at a certain point. Yeah. Well, although actually at that point he was like, I, I'm sniffing you lady, kitty, 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 kitty. Um, so yeah. maybe he just assumed things would be worse than they actually ended up being. Uh, it seemed like Gary was not ultimately that interested in victimizing his sister. No, he lets her go. But first he's like, um, oh, my mama told me not to kill you, but it- also to leave no survivors, but also us. So like at that point, I was like, oh, is he going to shoot himself because he can't leave any survivors, but he can't be caught? Like, what is the plan here? I That's what I assumed. I was so confused. He's like, I have to finish what I started, but I won't kill you. And it's like, what other thing would you do then? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> and then he shoots at her and we cut away and we never find out what he shot. He just shot towards her and then it cuts two years later. Yeah, I assumed he shot to maim, but then she's fine. So, I mean, not fine. You know, her part of her family's dead. Um, <laughs> but physically, she seems to have no damage. You mean she's attractive, right? Yeah. Yes, I, I hear you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we zoom forward to the future where she says, happy birthday, my dead brother. You were from Texas and you loved strippers. Uh, and, and we find out her mom has wet brain, which is sad. Hope there's titties in Texas. Yeah, that was... In heaven, not Texas. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what's the difference? <laughs> uh. <laughs> you, you know what I like about people from Texas? <laughs> uh, but but not, I mean, no, I, okay, I guess there were funnier jokes to make. But what I, what I really like about people from Texas is they will talk all of the time, like every time you talk about anything, they'll always bring it back to how much Texas sucks and how much they hate it. But then if you're like, haha, yeah, Texas sucks. They're like, what the fuck did you just say about my state, you little bitch? I'll have you know. 
<laughs> that sounds that's that's true. That's great. Yeah, it's like there's so many Texans in California and they constantly shit on it, but God forbid you agree with them. So I get that for New England, where I'm from New England, so I get away with saying it sucks, but I can see the like little bit of like anger when I'm talking to people from New England and like I say it sucks. We're like, you would say it sucks, but I can't, but I can because I'm from there. So they're like, oh damn it, I'm caught. Can't do anything. You're right though, New England sucks. <laughs> really, uh a lot of great people in bad places, but uh, but also never mind. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, I hope there's titties in Texas or heaven. Um, but again, what's the difference? <laughs> I didn't realize for a second that like this was the same person from the diner. So um, I wrote down her brother is dead or a pilot or maybe an astronaut because all she says is up there. And I was just like, joking but also just like i didn't realize it was her oh (laughs) yeah i mean i guess she looks pretty different it took me a second um i was more surprised i was more just surprised that they weren't a couple because for some reason i assumed that they look like a couple they do they don't look that similar and then in a horror movie it's like if one guy gets killed for protecting a woman it's like usually because they were dating yeah um don't worry, there's a lot of weird romantic tension coming up. Mm-hmm. This cast, though, um, to keep going through it, so the dad was a, a prominent voice actor, but the brother, James Snyder, I looked him up and I was like, oh, he's Broadway's Harry Potter and the Cursed Child's Harry Potter. Oh, who knew? And he is um with Idita Menzel in If Then, so he's like a pretty major Broadway actor. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. Holy moly. We meet her later, but their mom is Margaret Bly, who's like a real 70s superstar. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. She looks familiar, though. Yeah. And um, our main character of Sarah is not as famous, but she is in all of these evil bong and ginger dead man movies. Like nice. Either like as the same character in like 12 different movies or just as different characters like Zombie nurse, Tiger Tamer, Sarah. That's like such a great career. Yeah, that seems like a lot of fun to be able to say, hey, like I'm in like Evil Bong 888 when it comes out in like two months. If you want to watch that, guys, I don't know. That's that's really cool. Yeah. And then like you can bring all your friends and it's just like fun and you don't have to be like, oh, no, what if they think I'm bad in this movie? Because the movie's just supposed to be like a silly, good, fun time. And probably at that point, you can't be bad at it. Like, she's not a she's not bad here. And she has like 15, 17 years. Yeah, she's really good in this. The only one who I would say is bad, um, but in a fun way, is um, the evil rich girl who literally speaks <laughs> like Annie in Community when she's doing a really bad Southern accent. OK, you just. <laughs> oh, my last one. Her dad is. um best known for being in Deadwood and Community. No. His name is Larry Cedar, and he was in like 24 episodes of like Deadwood and like a couple episodes of Community. So some weirdly successful people. Like most movies like this don't have a cast who's gone on to do stuff, or it's like one person, you know? Yeah, I I was definitely shocked when, um, you know, the movie started and it's a close-up of Gary Busey. Yeah. I kind of assumed he was not actually in the movie besides the voice. 
but I don't know. He's yeah. there for a while. Yeah, he's he's got he gets a lot of screen time and he's really good in this. Um so after we have our scene where she just, you know, subtly subtle scene setting, um <laughs> very she tasteful. Yes. Yeah, she gets a delivery um from grandma's gingerbread seasoning left by a very spooky person in a long black cloak. She, this person like rounds this corner like they're one of the villains from like season seven of Buffy. They're just like this like dark figure, like a silk cloak. And she's like, oh, normal delivery. It's like, oh, I'm so glad my ingredients came. <laughs> and is it day or night? Because it alternates every scene. It seems like every shot on the outside, they change whether it's day or night for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it seems pretty random. And to let us know it's 2005, they um before they show her bakery, they show us an American apparel. You're like, oh, oh, city. I didn't even catch that. R.I.P. Yeah. Um, she also is like hearing voices from the trial, I guess, where she was being told that like, even if I die, I'll get you. My mom is a like witch in Coonsboro, I believe is the like my subs were bad and said a lot of things wrong. But his mom's a witch, I guess we'll bring him back. I was watching without subs. So it was just like, I don't even know what that said, um, but that's all right. <laughs> If it's important, it'll come up later. Um, yeah, it seems like his mom, um, I guess, I hope this isn't spoiling it too early, but my best guess at the gingerbread seasoning is that it is gingerbread seasoning mixed with Gary Busey's ashes. I guess they never say, but yeah, that's what they want you to think at least. Cause... So, <laughs> in, in the next scene, though, um, the most perplexing and interesting character in this whole movie shows up, who is Brick. Yes, so good. I, I, I don't think you're going to be surprised to hear it. He's my favorite character. He shows up, he's like, I've got missing supplies. He's just like, oh, he's like, my read was he's this person that knows her and like, because of what happens, like, isn't really trying to like date her, but there's something there. And then like, it's like, oh, will it happen or not? But <laughs> later on, something else happens where they just introduce another love interest randomly. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I I got really invested in Brick. He is like yeah. funny and he's sensitive. He's clearly into her, but doesn't want to be pushy because of everything she's been going through. And um, I was like, oh, like what a cute little situation this is. Oh, he keeps inviting her to wrestle Palooza or whatever. Yeah, there's like ten minutes where it's like, what's eating Gilbert Grape, and then it like goes back to being Ginger Dead Man. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really liked him. Um, he he gives a lot of he, he gave her a pep talk, which I really enjoyed, where he was just like, you get knocked down to the mat, you get back up again. Lots of wrestling metaphors, lots of funny taglines. He goes by the butcher baker. And nobody ever makes a like candlestick maker joke. And I was like, so like, come on, guys, it's right there. Yeah, I thought I assumed his tagline would be like butcher, baker, widow maker. But um, no one ever said it. Ooh, okay. When he's like talking about this wrestling show, which confused because there's an actual Wrestlepalooza that starts, um, I'm pretty sure like it starts like a few years after this, but um, he says, Oh, they're letting amateurs compete tonight. It's a mosh pit of tag team damage and body slamage. I was like, Man, this is the coolest dude. <laughs> this is 2005 yeah. right here. 
<laughs> he seems really fun. Um, although I will say, I hope he, uh, well, actually, um, my thought at the time was that I hoped he would quit his day job and pursue wrestling full-time because immediately after this, he cuts the shit out of his hand, gets blood all over the gingerbread seasoning, and then makes bread that's full of blood. Like, dude, what the fuck? Did you not take a food safety course? Yeah, that was wild to me because, like, he's being so good with the knife, like, at first, and I was like, oh, he's definitely not going to cut himself. Then it just cuts to he somehow cut himself after being so knife-safe in there. But he's just, like... (laughs) He gets this box of seasoning, and it's just in there. There's no bag in the box, just a raw dog box of seasoning. Pours it in. Yeah. I mean, I have seen, like, weird packaging for industrial baked goods before, so that one didn't seem super option me. It's not practical, but I've seen stuff like that, where it's just, like, by the time the box gets to you, the tape is, like, full of cinnamon or whatever. Mm. Just, like, cool, 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 cool. Love that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true, but... His food safety is like the larger concern because like he also won't go to the hospitals. So just like bleeding from his arm. And there's so much blood in the dough that he mixes that you can literally see it. Yeah. It's outrageous. <laughs> like the bakery should shut down. The, oh yeah, there's also this tension where the bakery might shut down because there's a, a new competitor by the town rich guy across the street. But frankly, if this is the kind of people they employ maybe they should shut down (laughs) i do love though that that like um his whole thing is that like he has like a local or like a like he has like a regional chain that he owns of like bad bakeries and just like oh yeah and like they're coming in like starbucks there's so much like 2000s like i thought this was like set in 2008 it's actually 2005 but there's a lot of like stock market crash foreshadowing that they don't know they're doing here (laughs) Oof. <laughs> you know yeah i mean t- hey timely it's probably just about to happen again no oh, yeah and good for us mm. no no it's <laughs> never quite that uh, <laughs> though it's 2005 in texas because sarah has an extremely 2000 speak latinx friend who's like oh man diablo and like randomly says some spanish as she is like, oh, yeah, he died. Okay, like, I, I didn't have subs on, so every time she spoke, I was just like, is that, did I hear her right? Like, what the fuck is she saying? Um, it is a really bad, uh, whoever wrote it is definitely, definitely yeah. white. Like, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> In the past five years, like, we've started to talk about, like, this kind of writing for somebody is like, oh, yeah, she knows two languages, so sometimes she, like, will say stuff weird i don't know yeah but it's like weird in the wrong way it's like it you know it, it's just like i've never heard anyone be like oh uh dios mio diablo let's get this in the oven like or whatever she said <laughs> <laughs> it really does have like bad like door the explorer vibes when you like hit that way yeah <laughs> oh my god yeah yeah exactly and she's like not super present in the movie honestly uh but she's there for now um yeah we cut back to brick who's like posing in the mirror and then he like puts the like mixer on and what we see is like what i think is like the origin of the premise is that like when it's being rendered it kind of looks like flesh okay i assumed that the blood 
somehow um, activated the ashes inside the gingerbread seasoning. Um, but yeah, it does. But it, but it does. You're right. Look like flesh when when the uh, mixer's on. Cause like I've like definitely done things where I'm like, oh wow, this looks like a certain way. Like I should keep this in my handy dandy notebook. But yeah, um, her mom is drunk. The titular Betty of the shop and uh, shoots at this like banner that the like new chain's opening soon. <laughs> Yeah, small town bakery revelries are really, I mean, they go really, really hard compared to what I'm used to, I guess. Have you ever, like, heard of, like, when there's, like, a regional, like, food and more than one place can say they have, like, a, like, claim to it or, like, can, like, dispute that they do and they just go hard and there's, like, wars for years and there's, like, oh, yeah, well, I can't believe that goddamn Obama went to their place and ate their burger. God damn it. Oh no, like Jay Leto what here? <laughs> well, you you know, I'm not sure that there's that much like that where I live except um we do have a ton of immigration from um various countries in Central Asia and the Middle East. Um and I I mean, you should like see what happens when you have like a Lebanese person, like a Persian person, and someone from Israel in the same room, and you ask them where hummus was invented. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, did you know that all three of those countries uh, are the inventors of hummus? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that sounds like a, one of those things when you go way back of a lot of grief, a lot of real grievances over time, that's going to just explode too <laughs> yeah well you know what's even better is there's probably at least one person listening to this podcast who's from like north africa or central asia or the middle east who's like what the fuck like why would she say that hummus was invented in those countries when it was clearly invented in yemen or something like that <laughs> like every i feel like every country in like the those areas of the world is just like convinced that they were the people who invented hummus they were the definitive inventors of hummus yeah no that's a real one um <laughs> that happens with like certain places in like italy and like sicily too when you say like who made pizza that's a big oh, one. Shit. It's like, <laughs> oh shit it's like now you've started it <laughs> thing like, i love that stuff that's that's the best i would imagine that um like uh probably boston and new jersey you probably have lots of business owners who are just like just get like inconceivably angry whenever someone uh disagrees that they invented a specific thing you could have stopped that sentence way sooner i know a lot of people who were inconceivably angry business owners <laughs> yeah where were we at oh it's night again here and a hand reaches out of the batter it, it just looks like a puppet's head um <laughs> Yeah, it's a fucked up little hand. Though now our local businessman's here and tells Sarah, oh, who shot my business? He's like, oh, yeah, like I totally did. And he wants to buy her out for 50K, which I converted to like 2005 is like $75,000. That's not really business retirement, change your life. It is, but it isn't that kind of money, you know? Yeah, I mean, in small town Texas, though, that'd probably last you a couple of years easy. The term like around that time was like $30,000 millionaires, which is like people that make like that kind of money, just like can own a house or like can like 
rent like house and like live really extravagantly quote unquote so maybe that's like a so here that's like oh that's enough to like live for like four or five years like as they are i guess but man that's like no money man sometimes i really wish i didn't live in california <laughs> just like damn three or four years <laughs> i'm sure now that's probably has to be closer to like 50 or 60 to like be there, but also just. Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of Californians did move there and drive up the prices because they're oh, like, sure. wait, $2,000 a month for a two bedroom apartment? Holy shit, that's nothing. <laughs> Here, take three really quick. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, I'll, ha- I'll take I'll take five. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. Um, I mean, I, I know that there's a lot of. Um, I know there's a lot of really bad people right now who are angry about Californians moving to their town. And uh, you know what? I totally get it. (laughs) I think the most effective way to combat that, though, is just maybe like legislation about um, the cost of living and rent. But that seems harder than being mad at the people from California. So. Yeah. You know, our minimum wage actually like we had a pretty we've had pretty respectable raises to the minimum wage in this state. But our housing costs are just fucking out of control, dude. Like, and it, it like, and I, I mean, it's easy to see why. Cause so right now I'm living in an apartment that is actually illegal to build. Um, the only reason it exists, cause it was built long enough ago that it was grandfathered in. Um, I live in a like quadruplex in a residential neighborhood, which you, you literally, you literally can't build anymore. It's, it hasn't been allowed for decades. Like anywhere where there's jobs, there's just like no fucking housing. It's crazy. No, yeah. And like I um in college, like had the problem where I needed to work and there was like zero places that were hiring where I lived. It was like the kind of thing where it was like, okay, you needed to be able to travel for an hour to find a place to work, basically. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, you know, it's it's funny too. can like talking to people from Texas, like California and Texas are really, really, really similar. But the one thing that they do, I mean, undeniably better than us is they have like normal zoning laws that are reasonable. So if you like buy a hotel and then you're like, man, no one wants to stay here anymore. I'm going to make these all studio apartments. You can do that. Yeah. But um, Brett, for all of your things you have to say about not liking the housing in America, what are you doing about it? <laughs> well, I'm moving to another country. <laughs> oh, shit. Fuck. Fuck. No. All my counterpoints are gone. I mean, I, I am also moving to another country that has the exact same issues. So. <laughs> uh, and you know what's funny is they're also complaining about Californians moving to their city and driving up the housing prices. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know what i got priced out of my hometown first (laughs) you know eventually it's called trickle down economics right yeah uh so i mean that's what i'm doing but i'm also telling everyone i know who lives in san francisco um that dean preston sucks and they should vote him out of office yeah no where were we ginger dead man we haven't met this evil gingerbread man yet no we've just seen his fucked up little hand um Here's though where like Sarah and like um Brick are talking and they're just like normal characters with like a real relationship. Is like, okay. This is like the core of the movie, right? This is way better than it should be. Why can they act and speak and have lines that are good? 
Yeah, they were so good. That was so charming. And he just kept up with his little wrestling metaphors and his, you know, goofy little like, this is my wrestling persona. And he seemed kind of bummed that she wouldn't go to Wrestlepalooza with him, but he was very respectful. Yeah, no. So he's glad to leave early. And here's where we see her working the dough and it has like streaks of blood like fucking Kratos. Yeah, it's like orange. It's so bloody. I have no idea what the fuck, like what the fuck kind of um, like food safety courses are they having people take in Texas? That's insane. I do think that um, part of that might be the seasoning where it kind of like makes it like streaked kind of like darker brownish. So maybe that's it. But even then, that's it's very visible when we see it. Yeah, I hope you're right. It is very bloody. Um, And who? is in it the gingerbread man well it sure ain't the pillsbury fucking dope boy yeah she says later (laughs) but she makes a giant man just one giant gingerbread man yeah so i thought that the ginger dead man was like human size until she made him here and he was just like a foot tall yeah he's teeny tiny i feel like they could take him yeah and then she puts him in the walk-in oven question mark Oh, yeah, that's like a normal bakery oven. That's uh, I I worked at a bakery for a little bit. Um, We had the same same kind of oven. It's like you basically have these like giant baking racks that are taller than you and you load them up and then you just wheel them in and out of the oven. Okay, because I worked um, at two different bakeries and like what they had was like more of like a normal like multiple normal style ovens that were just like larger and like more racks. I was like did not know what this was, but okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah, no, the one I worked at just had one oven and it was exactly like that. Here, like I thought like it was like a sauna they'd like put some stuff on or something. I was like had no clue what it was, but okay. Weird. Okay. That's good to know. Um yeah. <laughs> then of course Lorna shows up and she brought a rat. <laughs> so then Sarah cream pies her and chases her as they're punching each other. <laughs> oh yeah, Lauren is the one who uh talks like Annie in community when she is uh do trying to do a southern accent. She's like, Well, my daddy wants to buy your bakery, so we're gonna She's the most thanks killing of his characters, I think. Yeah, definitely. She's the first one on screen who's like an actually terrible actor. But um yeah. you know what? Even though she is the shittiest person we've met so far, she's also the savviest. Yes, that is true. She has a rat. She throws bread. She punches. She has all the tools to fight her nemesis, somebody who just lives near her. Yeah. Well, also, as soon as the I mean, as soon as, uh, you know, shit really hits the fan, she's like, I know exactly what's going on here. It's a haunted gingerbread man and we're going to kill him. And it's just like, oh. Okay, and then everyone's like, that's literally insane. And she's like, but it is, though. You both saw it, too. What do you mean it's a prank? Because, like, so let's get to it, though, because when they're fighting, her boyfriend Amos comes in. I was like, okay, here's this cool side character to die really quick and, like, whatever. And then he's just, like, this main character. And, like, he's, like, alternates between being really cool and really fucked up. I don't know. He's just, like, this weird, like, punk that shows up. Yeah, I assumed he was off limits because he's dating Lorna and that that probably was like also meant he was going to be a huge shithead. But he's actually like a pretty great guy who's very brave 
and he is super into the protagonist and I guess he's only dating Lorna because um, she's rich and there's nothing better to do in this small Texas town. No, and he just like immediately just like grabs Sarah, protects her over Lorna, like when they see the like um the man for the first time. And he also says that this is a gag from Brick, I bet. A big funny haha. And I was like, that was a moving, walking, talking gingerbread. <laughs> yeah. And then Lorna says, It's black magic. I met a girl <laughs> in a Ouija board that was cut up in rubber tinfoil, and then it happened. I mean, that was pretty fucked up. Maybe she is psychic, man. That Ouija board story she told was nuts. But Amos is so rude to her this whole time. She's like, damn, you at least like could be kind of nice to her a little bit, can't you? I mean, in fairness, she was like, oh, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to leave a note. And then he walks into the bakery and she um, brought a rat to try to shut down the bakery um, and is like threatening the the um, young woman who is running it. So maybe he just like did a 180 on her in that moment. He was like, man, like, fuck Lorna. She sucks. So I thought that was pretty forgivable. she, She does. Yeah. Yeah, I think like maybe he did kind of like her and then he just like saw her being like a devious little shit. And then he was just like, I'm fucking over this. I mean, she's the hottest girl in the county, I guess. And she is rich. She is Miss Pretty Face of Waco, Texas. I wonder if that's real or not. I bet it's not real. But like, that's the kind of thing that could not be. We might assume is not real. But then like someone says, oh, yeah, and that's like, like a real thing in Waco. Okay, sure. I wouldn't even be surprised. I mean, like, you know, again, like my state is exactly like Texas in many, many, many ways. Um, But just like bizarre uh, things, people like bizarre things people partake in here are like, oh, you joined a um, seminar that said it was going to make you be better at leadership. But now it's actually a cult and uh, you're sex slaves with brands, which is literally Nexium. Versus like, oh, you have uh, you're making your eight year old dress up as a fancy lady so everyone can sit in a room and judge her based on her appearance. So I wouldn't be surprised if Miss Pretty Face was a thing either. No, uh, <laughs> it's increasingly more common than we thought growing up to uh, meet or become a Nazi or sex life, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean. I, I don't know. I like I, I just live. Well, I live somewhere that's really dense with cults. I accidentally joined a cult for a little bit. It's it's really easy to over here. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I'm sure they want whoever they can, I guess, you know. Yeah, no, I, I went to this like self-improvement seminar that my friend was like, this is great. It'll change your life. And I was like, wow, that really did change my life. And then I was like, I'm going to do more of these. And then after the second one, I was like, something's really fucked up here. (laughs) Uh, The first one's free, then get you in. Well, I I was kind of thinking about signing up for the third one, but then I like waited a week and I was thinking about things that we did in the second one. And I was just like, "Mm, something's wrong here. Yeah, no. (laughs) I um, was scouted for a while by the Templars. Like, I'm not sure like which Templars they were, but they like kind of made it sound like they were more of like a hangout and like chill squad. But like, I like used to work with this guy when I was like a dishwasher when I was like super young. And then like, he kept like being like, Hey, here's some pictures of some ladies I have on my flip phone. Want to come hang out with the Templars? I was like, Oh, sorry, I'm busy. Not doing that. You gotta go. That's weird. I mean, I've heard like 
pretty normal things about the Templars. Like it's just kind of basically like a fraternity for people who weren't in fraternities. I think what he wanted was like a young guy to join and like make all the 50 year olds like feel better about it. That makes sense. You know, the first time I went to a Unitarian Universalist church, I was convinced it was a cult because everyone seemed like way too happy to see me. And then I found out that it's just because like everyone's so old there. (laughs) They were just like happy to see me. They weren't, um, they were like not in a sinister way just because they were like, Oh my God, you're the only person under 40. (laughs) Like, that's great. We need more of you. Uh, but I was like weirded out because they were, they just seemed like too excited. Uh, (laughs) but you know what, but it it turned out to be fine. They're, they're not a cult at all. They're, they're really great. Good. Yeah. And like, Next time, though, what you can say is that Unitarian in your pocket. Are you happy to see me? <laughs> I'll uh, make sure to try that one. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to. <laughs> if you do, though, I'll let you take the credit. You know what the other uh, bummer about Unitarian Universalism just being like really unpopular uh, the last couple decades is? What? Um, no one gets the Unitarian jokes on The Simpsons anymore. I mean, like the like old ones or the new ones. I think no one gets the new jokes on. The oh, Simpsons the anymore. the old ones. I don't even think they make Unitarian jokes anymore because I think even they must realize that those are outdated. No, yeah. Uh, I feel like what's the other one? Is it like the like Hari Krishna at the airport one? That's like a super eighties joke now, and I feel like it's they can't really like hang out there anymore. That kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, I don't even I don't even remember ever seeing Hare Krishna's. Although, um, okay, have you ever listened to there's this podcast called QAnon Anonymous? No, I haven't. Um, it's great. And they just had an episode about um Tulsi Gabbard's family who um worshiped this guy who like started this cult that's <laughs> an op That's a name I haven't heard in years. I know. Um, but she's back in the news now because she pivoted hard right. And her, she grew up in this cult that is an offshoot of the Hare Krishnas. Is it that much of a pivot? I don't know. I mean, like, she was basically, I mean, she was left of Bernie on a couple of issues when she was running, but I guess it was all a front. Yeah, but no. What were you saying, Brett? Sorry, I cut you off. Oh, her family, um, her family is really involved in this cult offshoot of the Hare Krishnas, where they worship this guy named, like, Carl Baker or something. Travis Barker, I don't know. That's really funny. Like I love when you like do you find like a like cult leader's like, man, this guy like like it's even like a sci-fi dude on a boat. What's going on, guys? Like think bigger. Yeah. <laughs> like Elron Ron Hubbard's books weren't even that good. Like you had so many better options to choose from. Fuck. Like you could have started a cult around Philip K. Dick. He was right there. <laughs> what would their name be? Would they have like a like would they have like a dick based name? Mm, I mean, knowing Philip K. Dick, yeah. <laughs> True. He was a real fucked up guy. One of my English teachers when I was a kid was a personal friend of his, and he told us some anecdotes. And it was just like, Jesus Christ, what a n- fucking nutcase. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I bet. Uh, but no, uh, that is just the way of when you slightly know someone famous or like, do that's always a weird thing to hear but um also weird here is that sarah's mom is back 
in the bakery and she mm-hmm. meets this ginger dead man and he's like do you like lady fingers and he cuts her finger off I, I mean, I felt like it was kind of odd that he didn't kill her. Um, and also, ever you ever try a lady finger? Just like really isn't that sinister. But um, that was a fun one. Finger goes flying. Um, she does some very good screams. I could not tell that this was the voice of Carrie Busey, though. Like I was like, oh, it's just like a like random voice. I couldn't tell it was him. Mm. I mean, I guess his face is more distinctive than his voice. Yeah. Now, Christopher Walken, that would be a fun ginger dead man. Oh, that would be so good. Does he have any free time coming up? <laughs> I'm sure he has a lot and none, probably, if you're Christopher Walken, you know, just yeah. he's so known now. Um, but yeah. And then um, why don't they leave the building? Because like at this point, like they're in the front of the bakery and it's just, like they're right by the street in multiple ways. And they're like, oh, no, like. like we can't leave <laughs> and like the phone gets cut it's insane they're just like oh no we're stuck in here because if we go outside he'll get us there and it's like he's clearly way more likely to get you in here and i'm also pretty sure you can outrun him um but i guess shooting permits are expensive so oh no they can't leave the bakery uh yeah so they just like hang out and like around here's when like julia shows back up and like starts to like reprimand the mom holding her bloody hand oh why'd you come here why'd you leave it's like she's like bleeding to death and you know no one even says anything about how she's missing a finger until like the end of the movie for god's sakes no they don't they're just like oh hey mom you're a drunk (laughs) (laughs) oh mom you're drunk again (laughs) like oh no and then she's just like yep i'm drunk again and like also doesn't mention that she's missing a finger oh no she screams about the little guy but she doesn't mention that he cut his her finger off which seems like the leading statement there you think there would be like some kind of joke about like need a drink how many fingers you know oh yeah i mean his uh Let's see. He had one. Um, he he does pretty good with baking puns. He had one line somewhere. Oh, later in the movie, he he's like, "How about a facial?" And then like you know, cuts someone. And then it's just like, "How's that a baking pun?" <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. More of a Christmas pun, I guess. I guess is that a Christmas pun? No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what Christmas is like at your house. <laughs> Oh, man. When Santa came. Anyway. Uh, We find out that, um, what's his name? Um, The current love interest is Amos. um, Amos, thank you. He's a lonely guy um, and he can't read emotions. So um, is this Asperger's representation? Maybe, but I just realized everybody's name in this movie is the name of a brand of cookie or baked good fuck oh my god lorna dune famous amos sarah lee yeah exactly oh shit nobody doesn't like her i I didn't realize that is brick something um i don't know brick bakery i can't uh think of anything a brick oven okay wow that's wild i didn't notice that yeah Yeah, because i was like oh yeah and then here comes famous Amos. Like, wait, Lorna, wait, Sarah. <laughs> Hold up. Um. Oh, and then um, 
they find a frozen woman who is either covered in snow or frosting, and I have no idea who she is. Do you? That's Julia after she got bonked by the the frying pan. Oh shit! Okay. And she full on has like some like cherries on her nipples and stuff. Like it's like a fun sight gag, I guess. And like they have to warm her up, and that's when like um when they're trying to like turn the power on is when um when Sarah and Amos talk about how he went to her sixth birthday parties so she knows he's not tough because she punched him one time and made him bleed. Oh yeah, he tried to kiss her and she punched him in the face. Uh, what a classic story. You're six years old and you get punched and kissed. And then uh, something sinister begins happening outside with Lorna's dad who's like, she's with that punk. I'm gonna find her. So he comes to the bakery. He's in his car. He gets out and then he gets smushed. By his own car. He sure does. And this is, of course, like, um, after Amos has been outside multiple times getting phones and guns and been fine. But he's just, like, now has this, like, whole gun and they don't know that, like, her dad smushed. Also, there's, like, a road right there. People would see, oh, man, local business owners smush against the wall. Is, like, their street closed down, but the other one's not. I, I don't really get it here. Yeah, it's a little, uh, it's, yeah, it's definitely not very well justified. Um. Then Lorna comes out and is like, Daddy, no, no, you can't be dead. And then she steals his jewelry and like smiles and leaves. It's like, no, okay. She goes back inside. She doesn't even leave. She has no reason to stay. It's not her business. Oh, yeah. Why does she go back inside? It's insane. Or like drive the car. Cause it's not like they didn't have gas in the car when they showed up. Yeah. Unless they did. I don't know. Um, <sighs> you know what? It happens. Um, yeah, I mean, who amongst us hasn't found their dad smushed up against the side of a bakery he was trying to purchase and then been like, oh, no, anyway. I'll steal this ring that's going to be mine anyway if when he dies. And then go hang out in a bakery where I'm really likely to get murdered. As my boyfriend flirts by putting away the gun because it's scary, this girl I don't like for no reason. And she's like talking about her knowledge of medicine. And then he's like, oh, like, I'm sure you could be like a doctor. Yeah, you can be a surgeon. You're so smart and pretty. And then she just kisses him. Yeah. Now, when's the last time that somebody's told you that you can have a career path and like you've kissed them? It was like ever since I decided I wasn't going to be an astronaut. That hasn't happened to me. Um, I mean, I guess uh, whenever my boyfriend says something encouraging, which is often work related, I'll kiss him. Okay, true. Um, but outside of that context, I, I don't know if that's ever happened. No one has ever been like, man, you really could be a chef at Hibachi. And you're like, oh yeah, let's make out. That's a rabbit to you. <laughs> like, really? Oh, thank you for the inspiration. Random stranger. I mean, I can think of like a few times someone's been like, you'd be really good at X, but I definitely wouldn't have kissed any of those people. True. Like, you know, I appreciate it, but, you know, not that much. <laughs> it's a little too much. You'd be really good at the X Games. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, yeah. And then um, now we hit the how about a facial moment. Yes. And is that when the knife goes into her head? Um, it's not even like into her head. She gets like a shallow cut on her cheek from the ginger dead man 
And he's like, how about a facial? And she's like, ah, my face, my face. She Anyway, she screams about her face for like the next while. Um, and also screams at, um, who does she, she, I wrote down, yeah, ugly. She calls Amos ugly. That's it. She's like, yeah, ugly. <laughs> <laughs> it's 2005. We were really recovering from that 11 with all this vibes, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. While this is happening, the ginger dead man is just like talking to this rat. Like, I'm going to kick your ass, rat. And it never comes up again. <laughs> just like, has a little moment. That was so good. He was just like, "Oh yeah, you're a rat. Well, I'm gonna fuck you. I'm gonna fuck your shit up. Yeah, yeah. You wanna fight me? Yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick your ass so hard. Yeah. You think you can take me? Well, you can't. You little bitch. You rat. <laughs> I've heard that same conversation happen between a lot of people in New England, actually. So, <laughs> you know, um, one time uh, when I was living in Boston, I was walking back from um, a bakery that was open really late, which is a thing about Boston that I miss. And uh, there was a guy having an altercation with the taxi driver. Um, not the taxi driver's fault, clearly. Um, <laughs> Rarely guy, is. The most Boston guy ever is uh, standing with the door open, uh, punching the top of the taxi just pouting his fist and he's like oh yeah you want to fuck with me i work for the mail buddy (laughs) (laughs) i work for the mail the the mayor but with a boston accent (laughs) he worked for the mail (laughs) with the mayor you know it's like really i I love a boston accent because it's just like it's like if a baby immediately was like turned into a grown man via magic and was really angry about it man that's really gotta upset ben affleck right now he's like god damn it (laughs) you said that about me well ben affleck i respect i mean ben affleck is great and i respect him because he's bilingual have you heard his um mexican accent because it is (laughs) no he sounds exactly like um he has like a really strong northwest accent like the way that people talk like where i live in spanish it's great oh i didn't know that yeah it's really great he um was in a mexican tv show when he was a kid and um like if you hear him talk he's like definitely rusty but his accent is unbelievable it's really like insanely impressive i have to have told you my story of like the most racist thing i've ever heard in boston right oh no let's hear it part of the orange line was down so i had to get on a bus and the bus was going through malden and a bunch of people who uh look like they people that really live and really identify with like the outskirts of like that whole like zone um and they were just like super drunk and talking and like to be fair they weren't even that drunk they've been drinking and felt like a little bit like tipsy maybe like glad they weren't driving but they probably were fine but they um just start talking to this random woman who's just like next to them on the bus just like reading a book and she's like um she's asian so they say oh like did you go to malden high with us and like that kind of stuff and like starts like introducing her to them she's like trying to read her fucking book and <laughs> then one guy says something like just like oh like oh yeah like you should come like hang out with us like be part of our crew like hang out tonight like 
and then she like is like trying to like nod politely no just please let me like read my book and go home and then this man this adult man who is not that drunk says oh yeah and like um because you're chinese we'll call you food <laughs> what <laughs> like her nickname was going to be food she was i got the sense that she was also not chinese just she was asian oh my god (laughs) and i like heard that i like was like oh my god i need to stop i can't laugh at this right now that is just the wrong energy to put out in this world but this is the funniest worst i literally can't get their attention because i like don't know what i can do with the energy that has been put in this room i mean sometimes you just gotta shrug and be like man well you know this guy's racist but at least he's funny i mean <laughs> he wasn't trying to be funny just his mind <laughs> that was like the most natural thing in the world <laughs> it's like oh my god oh. that is very <laughs> interesting thing to say out loud with your mouth yeah no um that is what it's like when you're a real townie from like malden or metha or like some like one of those towns near boston but uh where are we this movie um so the butcher baker is just about to arrive but before that the exits are all booby trapped suddenly and yeah dies that's how she okay i was not clear on how she died okay that's how yeah, and um, so Amos is, like, shooting, but, like, can't find the ginger dead man. And then they, like, get to this, like, cake tray where he has, like, the mom's wedding finger. So she, like, um, he hits him with, like, a hammer. And then, like, that's how, like, Amos goes down and the, like, man gets the, like, gun, points it and says, ah. And then he says, good night, cream puff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, my favorite character, um, he, the Butcher Baker, he's here. Um, I wrote, let's fucking go. Um, and he's the he, most budget Batman when he jumps down. From, oh, like, he's so good. Somewhere. He's just like, he's just like going 200%. I love him. And he just beats the shit out of uh, Gary Busey's uh, gin- little gingerbread ginger dead man persona uh just like fucking wrecks him literally eats his whole head what happens first though is like he doesn't realize like he has a gun so he has to like dodge and then that's when like he gets knocked down by julia and then he just eats his head it's like that's a wild that's one way to do it but then he swallows which i think is the bigger problem yeah he's like swigging milk um in like a brave and in like a heroic and exhausted way after he defeats the ginger dead man. And Julia's so horny for him. Yeah, definitely. Understandably. So frankly, it's like this man knows wrestling puns and he just saved her life. I love a man that drinks milk. (laughs) I've definitely never seen anyone drink milk with so much swagger before. It is really something. Yeah, no, um, I've never seen somebody proud of milk like that i'm proud of milk (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna need some milk to wash that down um yeah he he then indicates that he is possessed by gary oldman sorry 
Gary Busey. So <laughs> different vibes entirely. That's a much different ginger dead man. That's like a thriller. I like that. Well, Gary Oldman was actually in like a really terrible B movie, which uh, would probably also be worth watching for this show, except that it's so offensive. What's it called? Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's Peter Dinklage and Gary Oldman, and it was originally supposed to be a heartwarming drama about a man whose family is all little people, but then it was recut to be a oh comedy. No. It's so bad. Tiptoes? That's the one. Oh my god, this cast is ridiculous. It's Gary Oldman, Kate Beckinsale, Patricia Arquette, Matthew McConaughey, and Peter Dinklage? Yeah. What? Carol, a, a talented painter and independent woman, falls in love with Stephen without knowing much about him. Obviously, he's a perfect man. But when Carol finds her, it forces Stephen to expose the dark secret his family. Stephen happens to be the only average-sized person in the family of dwarves, including his twin brother, Rolf. Carol and Stephen are then forced to come to terms with the fact that the babe she carries may be born a dwarf, terrifies Stephen, who does not want his child to suffer the same way Rolf did. As Carol decides to carry the child, she and Stephen grow further apart, and she begins to rely on Rolf to teach her the life of a dwarf oh gary oldman is in dwarf face yeah he's in little face I... yeah which which wait then who's peter dinklage play peter dinklage plays um another family member i can't remember who okay i'm sorry but you have like the one <laughs> the one actor who has like mainstream but i guess this was before but it seems wild that you don't be like Oh, here's this classically trained actor who is not in who is not in a stereotypical role. And you are like, let's use Gary Oldman instead. Yeah. I mean, at least I guess at least Peter Dinklage got a role, except then um, after they finished uh, filming, um, they just decided to, to go a completely different direction with the movie. And just it's like the result is insanely offensive. That's like your worst fear. I think if you're in any movie is like, oh, they change it all. And it's like way different. Like imagine if like some serious movie, like I don't know, like if like Boys in the Hood got a bunch of like sound effects and got like made all cool or like funny. That would be. Yeah. Or I guess um, the, like kind of like the guy who wrote um, When Chuck Met Larry or whatever it's called. Oh, yes, I, I now pronounce you Chuck up. and Larry. <laughs> yeah. He was like, yeah, I wrote this really heartwarming movie about, um, you know, how gay people should be allowed to get married, um, you know, by putting it through this different lens. And yeah, it's a comedy, but also like his son's gay. And that part is really serious. And, you know, his dad comes to term with it and they decide that they that love is the most important thing. And then, you know, it gets just transformed. Adam Sandler and Kevin James just made it like a ha ha. Gay people are funny. Gross. <laughs> the there's a moment on the in that movie that is on the same level as meeting somebody and naming her food because she's Asian. And that is when they have to throw out gay trash. So like Adam Sandler gets two tomatoes and like a cucumber and puts them together and throws them out. And it's like, what? The, like. <laughs> It's only funny because it's so terrible. And like, I was about to bring that one up because that's my favorite. Like, there was like this like one like film critic that was like, yeah, so I was like such a champion of this movie being made. And then when I finally saw it, I didn't believe in God anymore. <laughs> I cannot imagine like reading the script, just being like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is going to be so good. Oh, my God, this is groundbreaking stuff. And then I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry comes out. Oh, Oh my god, that's like a fucking like drill tweet right there. Just like 
Uh, I would love to see more cases of that, though. It's like, here's this movie that came out. It was entirely different, and people didn't know. Yeah. I mean, at least, like, Gary Oldman is, his reputation is, like, saved by the fact that everyone knows that Peter Dinklage would, like, never be in a movie that, like, purely exists to make fun of little people. Yeah. So, like, that at least proves that, um... That it wasn't always that way. (laughs) Yeah. It changed. But, um, speaking of putting on a face that's not yours, Brick is now a vampire or he's possessed i can't tell really oh yeah he's he's... wearing like juggalo makeup all of a sudden (laughs) uh (laughs) everything i know about modern juggalos that they're like super cool and they're like radically dealing with like their problems of like misogyny but also i can't help but get over like i know like years ago there was this comedian that was like making fun of like a like black juggalo and they all boot him by saying hey we're all clouds and it's so sweet but it's also so funny yeah we're all clouds (laughs) we're all clowns here you make fun of all of us or you make fun of none of us yeah they're kind of like furries where it's just like you're like you know what that's really odd but you seem like you're having lots of fun so i hope you enjoy it and i love seeing pictures of you with bernie sanders looking real busy yes oh my god imagine bernie sanders and juggalo makeup i'm sure you don't have to that has to have been fan art somewhere like there's some like oh man like i'm like the socialist jug on twitter and you can find my fan art (laughs) wait let me see let me see um i mean i i guess with the power of ai image generation anything is possible but i want to see if it already exists i found it okay oh yeah i found it too um and then i also found trump in trump versus bernie who makes the better juggalo from the detroit metro times um you know what i'm gonna say trump actually makes a better the 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 juggalo makeup they put on him in the photoshop looks way way cooler but it's a different it's a different makeup style so you know that's not really a fair comparison yeah and it's not a bad look honestly like there's like way worse looks (laughs) but no uh brick however just kind of has some eye makeup on and he ate like a blue jolly rancher that's his main look here i think yeah he just looks like he's been been like uh i don't know he looks like he's really sick and started putting on juggalo makeup and then just sort of like forgot about it oh man i have such a bad migraine that i keep stopping mid juggalo makeup it's like the worst drug commercial like oh like please make sure that like you get lunesta to help with your mid juggalo times or whatever are you having trouble staying awake during the juggalo ball are you having trouble getting swifty at the juggalos try this does drinking Fago give you acid reflux? Try Fagnesta, our new Fago <laughs> supplement. So after the butcher baker gets possessed with his uh, very frightening eye makeup, um, he ends up, how does he end up in the oven? He ends up in the oven somehow. He punches Amos and says, yeah, the candy man can beat your ass. Then they all just push him in. Oh, yeah. And then he is boom roasted. Um, and I was pretty sad because I loved the uh guy himself. Um, so R.I.P. Brick, but um, that was a good thing. Hopefully, one year later is when Rianne Johnson 
can remake Brick and make a great movie out of him. Mm, I hope so. Let's see. Oh, and then. Um, Cliffhanger. Well, cliffhanger, yeah, because we come upon a small town bake sale. Same small town, right? Yeah, because um, there's like some nurses there that are like, oh, like Betty looks so much better. And then like we see that like Sarah is there with Amos and they're like kissing and stuff. And then, oh, some old lady just dropped off this gingerbread cookie you could just die for. Mm-hmm. Couldn't can't you just die? They're so cute. And then they open the box, and first of all, they're like the shittiest looking gingerbread cookies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. They literally look like cardboard because I think they literally made them out of cardboard. Um, and at first they look like normal gingerbread cookies, but then you see they actually have e- evil googly eyes. <laughs> and it's Gary Busey again. Ha <laughs> ha! I'm back. Ha <laughs> ha! <laughs> um. And and that's it. That's the whole bottle episode. Yeah. And, and like it even has like an outro that looks like some credits from like a 90s like TV show like Angel or something. Yeah, it was good. I think it was it, it definitely seemed like it was edited by someone who usually worked on TV stuff um, like the pace. Um, yeah, I guess just like the pace. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed it. This wasn't ever as bad or as good as like Thanksgiving, for example. It's just like a very neutral movie throughout. Like there's a bunch of like, it's clear they had no money. And like, I'm surprised how they got all these people involved with like what their budget seemed to be elsewhere. Maybe they were just having really bad uh, periods in their career, which, you know, worked out because the movie's great. Um, and I think everyone was really good in it, except for Lorna, who's still like comically bad. So that that's fine, too. There was never like a scene where like Brick showed up and was like, I'm going to have sex with somebody in this bakery or anything like that. So, you know, well, the butcher baker does briefly when he's possessed, start screaming about how Sarah owes him or something. And then he's like, blah, 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 blah. Let's make out. And she's just like, ha ha. Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing as problematic as, um, in things killing, but also I think yeah. I like things killing more. Honestly, like, Thanks Killing seems like they had more fun when they were making yeah. it. But um, I mean, I love Gary Busey as a villain. So this was really great, too. And, you know, he'd make a great juggalo, that Gary Busey. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, Thanks Killing, it's just like you're watching it and you're just like, clearly these people are all friends who thought it would be funny to do this. So I searched for Gary Busey juggalo and Gary Busey's nephew is running a juggalo um, like strip club, apparently. No fucking way. Called the Sausage Castle. Okay. All right. But yeah, so there's that connection there. It's all part of a thing. He's Gary BC is part of the Juggalo family indirectly. I love it. And I'd Six say the more. Yeah, exactly. Two degrees for him. So moral of the story, I think, you know, is, is really clear here, which is that you should always go to amateur wrestling night. True. No, for real. Like, if you have indie wrestling near you, make sure there's no pedophiles. And then if you're good, go. Mm-hmm. No, that is after a lot of a lot. This is just a movie. This is a movie that you can watch. It's not a Christmas movie, sadly. It's a, a gingerbread killer movie that has no Christmas involved. Yeah, but it's it's fun. Um, I think anyone would probably really enjoy it. You could just like invite it's it's such a quick watch like if you just kind of have like two hours and you want to do something fun this is perfect it has definitely um 
it's about the same length of things killing and they're both like a minute or two over one hour when you like include the credits oh it feels way quicker <laughs> there's nothing really as problematic as the one or two things and like things killing that really stick out but yeah uh and of course you can always watch ginger dead man 2 passion of the crust um wait or... are you serious yes holy shit gingerbread ginger dead man 3 saturday night cleaver um <laughs> ginger dead man versus evil bong and then um there's a comic book series too <laughs> wow i really i'm really a fan of passion of the crust honestly that's a good name uh i wonder if passion of the crust is more christmasy maybe like a lord and savior cheesy crust comes down i don't know <laughs> i'm looking really quick about spoiling myself but it's definitely um doesn't seem like it is why is edgar Allan poe here okay whatever um he's credited as a writer or he's in the cast edgar Allan poe okay so it looks like none of these movies are, are Christmas movies, which is a very funny joke. That's the kind of joke that I would make at the start of my like gingerbread man themed like whole series. Movie, and none of them take place at Christmas. That would be pretty good. <laughs> You're like, yeah, it's November 11th. Ginger dead man seven. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, good for them. They made a movie and hopefully they get to make more because it's like they're making at least like one of these a year because the ginger dead man's and all the killer bong movies and that's up to like part eight or whatever so you know what that's a good life yeah you ever hear about i think his name is matt motern uh no who's he he is a guy and he loves making horror movies and he works his full-time job is like as a cna um and he makes like a Spotify song about every single topic you could possibly think of. And he uses the money from the residuals to um, fund about like one horror movie every year or two that he can make with his friends. Okay. Don't let the river beast get you. I'll try not to. That's one of them. <laughs> no, <I know>. <laughs> Druids, Druids everywhere. Oh, this is going backwards. Okay. Good for this person. That's what I want to see in the world. More entrepreneurship. Yeah. And he also does uh, song commissions. Uh, I found out about him when I was uh, making a podcast and one of my friends listen, was listening to it. And I was like, that's so nice. So I sent her a link to thank you for listening to my podcast, which is the song he made. And I was like, I wonder why this guy makes all these highly specific songs. And then I checked out his Wikipedia page and then I like listened to some interviews with him and I fell into like the Moturn rabbit hole because he's a super interesting guy. That's cool though. Like I love whatever, whenever I see somebody who's like getting to do something like super specific or like not mainstream, which is like, okay, this is like, this is a real piece of work. This is some artistry, you know? Yeah, I mean, this guy's a real artist. It's like his entire life is in service of art, and he's just, like, making these... Like, he spends all of his time making these silly parody songs in his free time, um, right after, like, he finishes, like, a pretty grueling day, I would assume, as a CNA. Yeah. Um, just so he can make movies with his friends. That's how important it is to him. And, like, also, like, for every Kevin Smith, there's 95 people who fail, and, like, 
three or four people who become like this guy and like that's like honestly make sure that you do follow your bliss everybody yeah and no one you don't need anyone to give you permission to make a movie if that's what you want to do no um it's easier than ever like i've seen so many like i filmed my kid like being batman movies on like amazon or just do it yeah like bluey which is like the most popular kid show right now is two australian parents who were like i don't like kid shows they are all about annoying annoying characters and um they're making my kids annoying so i'm gonna make a show that's better and they did it and you can too if that's what you want to do and you don't need any hollywood or animation industry gatekeepers to tell you what you are and aren't allowed to do you can just do it yourself exactly and you know what i guess time to wrap up this episode though with a bunch of people who did just that and that is our top three characters i mean butcher baker Widowmaker. he gets all three slots okay fair fuck Mary, kill butcher baker and Widowmaker. <laughs> hmm. i mean kill is gary Busey. Okay. um mary is gonna be butcher baker um and fuck would be sarah she seems pretty great. Nobody doesn't like her, you know? I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I, one time growing up, like, got, like, a gingerbread man from, like, a gingerbread man, like, themed store, and it was so good. Uh, and I want one now to watch it. But... Mm. Yeah, I might make myself some chai. I have, um, my, my boyfriend's mom um, gave me literally, like, I think three pounds of cinnamon sticks. So I've been drinking a lot of uh, a lot of chai. <laughs> no, yeah, I would kill for some hot chocolate right now, some cocoa. I would be ah. on cloud nine first. Ah, uh, well, I I wish I could give you like eight cinnamon sticks because I have dozens. Sounds like you could use some. <laughs> I would kill for one right now. Like... Wait, literally, is that the sequel to Ginger Dead Man? <laughs> uh, it's old cinnamon sticks. That's what we call them. <laughs> My grandpa back in the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Just better watch out, or he'll cinnamon stick you with a knife. A good one. I like that. That <laughs> feels like a poster to me. <laughs> I had somebody tell me one time that they don't like cinnamon when it's not Christmas, and I was like, "What are you talking about? Like, there's so many other times to have cinnamon. Don't you like apples, food, spices?" <laughs> I mean, depending on where you're from, it might not really be like uh, that big of a thing. It's too spicy for him. <laughs> yeah, it could be. <laughs> uh, shit. Top of your favorite characters. Number one's got to be Brick. Number two's got to be uh, probably the ginger dead man himself. And number three's got to be Sarah. Uh, but Brick just runs away with it. Most yeah. charming character. Steals every scene. And what effect that we saw was your favorite in this uh, low, low budget movie? Mm, um, you know, I liked the fucked up little puppet hand mm. in the dough. I liked when uh, we saw the ginger, the ginger dead man being like animated and like it goes from like this like Frankenstein like scene to this like whole scene of like him like knowing the universe like it's 2001 like just like he like expands these like galaxies and all this stuff while he comes back to life <laughs> yeah i mean overall excellent movie doesn't really feel like a movie but um i i i mean i just thought it was great it's like it, it's going super 
it feels like something's happening in every second. I thought the pacing was so good. I think I already said that, but I really, really thought it was great. I think it's super funny that it's not at all Christmas themed. They made two other movies that aren't Christmas themed, and they're never going to mention Christmas in their gingerbread man slasher movie. That is incredible. Truly, the war on Christmas is afoot. Oh, Ginger Dead Man number four, Hacky Holidays. It's also not Christmas. That's just the title. What? How can you call it? How can you put holidays in the title and have no Christmas? They haven't done this yet. This is my pitch to them, though. Oh, okay. Make okay. Ginger Dead Man for Hacky Holidays and like have it be set during like the 4th of July or something. Just like not at all. That would be really good. Ooh, or um, maybe curving expectations another way. Have it be Christmas, but in Australia. So they're doing like fucked up Australian Christmas shit, like going to the beach and drinking cold uh, gingerbread flavored gin drinks. Oh, gingerbread flavored drinks sound terrible. Mm-hmm. They sound real bad. Uh, here have some warm eggnog on the beach. This beachfront eggnog stand we got. Oh no, it's cold eggnog. They ser- they're serving that shit on the rocks. It's summer. Ah, uh, some nog on the rocks. Gotta have the nog on the rocks. Yeah, I mean, I-, I also live somewhere where it's usually hot on Christmas, but at least we pretend it's winter. Yeah, you don't go outside, um, plow some snow, you know? No, we usually go to the beach. <laughs> but, you know, we'll be like, let's put the fire on. <laughs> but open the windows. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we have like had our um like windows open for so long it's like is it november december like it just like feels like 78 here we have like windows open like i don't know sometimes you just want it to feel like what you think should be the right one yeah no i pretty much um i really have to rely on external factors to know what season it is like when there's uh strawberry stands in all the parking lots that's spring um, and when there's a bunch of search and rescue helicopters all the time, that's summer. Um, I, I'm not really sure why that is, but I assume tourists probably um, get in over <laughs> yeah. their heads in the ocean a lot. I've never really looked into that. But um, when is winter? Winter's coming. Um, yeah, I don't really know when. I don't really know what tell there is for winter. I guess fall is when um, it's pumpkin spice latte season. Oh, and like you can go to Julian and pick apples. That's the thing. But there's not really like any noticeable change in the weather. No, it's pretty temperate. Yeah, like the central coast is um, kind of like Ireland. It, it's just like the same all the time, all year. It's always like, I don't know, it's like rarely hot. And even when it is hot, it's like, I don't know, just like not really even that hot at all. It's like foggy kind of all year. It's very green, very pretty. Never snows. I like a nice mist, a nice fog. That's good. That, yeah. That's a good time. You'd love the Central Coast. It's, um, you know where, like, Hearst Castle is? Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, always slightly chilly and uh, very misty. Maybe I'll go rent that castle out, live there. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> go for it. Treat yourself. <laughs> I wish that I was, like, one of those people that, like, had that, like, millions of dollars that like you needed to like get an old church and make it really cool inside that would be the best place to live i feel like my um my my school growing up actually had a couple of uh old historical buildings that were part of it and it was really neat like hanging out in church basements and stuff yeah you ever look at the subreddit century homes uh no i haven't 
it's people living out your dream. They all have houses that are like over a hundred years old and they're just kind of like talking about how to make them nice. Have you watched Grand Designs by any chance, Brett? Never heard of it. It's this British show that's all about people who have like these super strange or like super bespoke, like custom like house designs. So there's stuff like I made this house to fit on like a four foot by 80 foot lot or like I made this house to like be made entirely out of like mulch. Oh, that's crazy. It goes from like families doing stuff to fit their lifestyle and like, oh, my sons have allergies to like, I got this old like lighthouse and I'm adding a bunch of elevators and like big baths to it. It's like very funny, like like super oscillates. It's um it is available where you tend to watch your tokusatsu if you'd like to watch it there. Oh, okay. Um I will legally watch that. Yeah. And speaking of proper licensing, we got two more questions. That is, what was your favorite outfit of this whole movie? Oh man, I didn't even notice the outfits. I can't lie. Not the butcher baker's outfit, like his like cool glasses, his gloves. <laughs> no, honestly, I I didn't notice. Um, shoot. Um, not cowboy dad. Well, actually, I noticed. Well, cowboy cowboy dad's hat was pretty great. I did notice that. Um, Amos was dressed up kind of very conspicuously as like a like an eighties or nineties style punk. I thought that was kind of cute. He he looked like a real narc. Did he? Oh yeah, like uh, this is how the kids dress. Yeah, it was it was good. I must say it's cowboy dad for me. Yeah, his hat was great. Um, I you know what I noticed more than the outfits was definitely the accents. Um, I thought cowboy dad and Lorna were both really hamming it up in a fun way. They were definitely. But speaking of hamming up though, Brett, where can people find you when you're hamming it up and you're not on here talking about Tokusatsu? Yeah, you can find me hamming it up on Twitter at B-R-U-T-B-L-O-C-K. That's Brute Block. Um, and sometimes you can even see pictures of my cat or other people's cats there. Ooh, what about you? Cats. Other people's cats. Oh, yeah. I, uh, right now I'm, I'm in a neighborhood where I can just kind of walk around and meet other people's cats and pet them. It rocks. It's so great. Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so for me... Um, I um had be found we're using co-host a bit because we are prepared for just the slow decline of Twitter that's just getting faster and faster. But yeah. uh, you could find me on co-host at James D on uh, Twitter at James Forge, the podcast on co-host at Common Ride and on Twitter at Common Ride with me. And in the process of kind of updating the back catalog there because we had a slow Twitter um time, but we have a whole bunch of episodes coming out hither and yon um and yeah um please uh rate and view on apple Podcasts. go to commonrightsby.com uh perhaps those articles go to slash merch for our merch um while we were recording i ate a, a fun notification for our um women want me fish fear me shirt um <laughs> being sold so that's good to know um that's excellent and then there is a company.com slash episodes for links up to different platforms uh, for you to better find them and rate review but uh for now though what we learn brett uh we learned to always give independent common writer related podcasts five stars on apple podcasts and spotify even if it's not about and we also 
<laughs> and we also learned um, to go see amateur wrestling. And for God's sakes, um, if you bleed all over some baking ingredients, just buy new ones. Yeah, there's no gingerbread seasoning worth killing someone. Just make sugar cookies. It's fine. There we go. <laughs> Any wise words from you? Oh, um, yeah. If it bleeds, you can cook it. If it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Your sales at the bakery, I guess. I don't know. If it bleeds, it leavens. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, it's just enriched dough. It is the yeast you could do. Ha. A lot of bread puns. Really? Not not as funny a movie as I thought. Like, way less puns from the Garemeister, you know? They really could have fit in much more. And his delivery of bad puns is so good, it does seem like a missed opportunity. More of that. More just give me more abusey. <laughs> Abuse mm-hmm. me more. Abusey me more. Yeah, you don't have to worry about abusey, the English language. Just, just do it. Let me see that Busey, that boy Busey. Well, make sure you non-sexually lick your friend's Busey. (laughs) Oh, man. And if you have any uh, theories on how, on a good reason for non-sexually licking someone or justification, uh, please let us know. Or a good way to make it so your cat doesn't sit in the cat tree just looking all sad next to your other microphone as if he's podcasting with you. Please let me know. They like to be part of everything. I was wrapping gifts this morning and um, the cats kept trying to attack my scissors. Yeah, no, I am. Um... Ow! <laughs> <laughs> the brat? He could tell you were talking about it. <laughs> <laughs>